1: Find others on iTunes.
2: Alright, here yeah, I know! Hello, from Claire and Jack. And we're going to do Dumpty Dum, accompanied by the ukulele. I don't play wow. the ukulele. dum 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 Dumpty, 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 dumpty dum, dumpty, da <laughs> da <laughs> da. Meh. <laughs> oh,
3: that—that's a bit of an abrupt end. But thank you, Claire. It, that and was Jatlyn. a very
4: strong meh at the end. That was excellent. It
3: was. It was. It was indeed. And we—you d- know what, Loose? We actually have, dare I say, not one but two Dumpty Dums backed up. That's how good yes. our Dumpty Dums listeners have been recently. Well done, you lot. Well done. And well done again, Claire and Jack. I know you've been waiting, our uh, Jack, but you've got on. Yes,
4: yeah, sorry it's-
3: about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, all's well that ends well. Uh, folks, this is Dumdy Dum, the show about the reality docu drama that are centered in Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the busy bee that is Roy Phil Brown, and with me are the furious insect trapped inside a bunny costume that is Lucy Freeman. And the last part of Rush's swollen goat Naz, folks, is you.
4: <laughs> see, I told you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I didn't even see that one coming. A uh, little bit of insider presenter, dumby dum humor there, folks. Uh, <laughs> uh, this week's Dumby Dum was, of course, from our Claire and our Jack. Now, Lucy, if any one of our other callers would like to send us in a Dumby Dum, how is that done exactly?
4: If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Lum or leave us a plot prediction, then call us on 0203 031 3105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Uh, thanks to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and for doing the Dumpty Dogs, Shambridge for her brilliant voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, and to Derek for learning back bedroom. Uh, Derek is uh, delighted this week. He's in a very good mood. He's very happy that Nigel Farage is setting up a new party, as uh, Derek feels it will provide the sensible middle ground that people like him want. Nay. You know? oh, and but, but you know what, though? Loose, loose. To be what? fair, to be fair to Derek Fletcher,
3: with Brexit cozying up to and Brexit, with UKIP, sorry, cozying up to proper neo Nazis, yeah. you could well argue that the Brexit Party is the middle ground. <laughs> you really could. That's what's a crazy time that we live in. Yeah. Anyway, mm. though, I get the humour in your gag, Mrs.
4: Good. Now, mm. not enough of you have booked up. For the eleventh of May, for the Dumpty Dum live, so get a move on. Um, it's twelve pounds. It's at Birmingham Town Hall. It starts at seven thirty, is it? And we yes. have lovely Emerald O'Hanrahan, who plays uh, Emma Grundy, um, will be there, answer questions. It will be a normal live Dumpty Dum. Um, I mean, it'll be a normal Dumpty Dum, but live. And um, we want you all to come. Uh, and it's only twelve quid. Uh, so please do come. Uh, you can book on the um, through our website and also through the Birmingham Town Hall website.
3: Yes, and also there is hotel accommodation which is um, suitably discounted because you're not only a fan of the Archers, but you're also a dum de So you're going to be looked after. It's at the Britannia Hotel, which is in central Brum. Um, if you go on to dum de uh, details will be there. And you can uh, then, uh, with, the, with your said details, then go off and book with the Britannia Hotel. Uh, but there, will, there is a discount. It's all been sorted. So you've got absolutely no excuse. It's only 12 quid. There's going to be, Um, A whole plethora of Archers fans in and around Birmingham. You want to hang with them. You know it makes sense. You know it's the cool thing to do. And if you just listen to (laughs) dum Dumb, dum uh, you're a sensible and a cool person. So you know that it's the right thing to do. So get a booking. Now, Lucy, Mm
0: -hmm. guess
3: what? On this episode, we hear views from Old Grey Whiskers and and Wells Witch. We've only got two caller inners, which... I, you know what? Normally, I'll be like, oh my God, Luce, we've got like so many calls. But freeform jazz this week, right? We can we can shoot the shit, so to speak. Yes. So I'm going to talk about country music because Old Town Road. You know, there's been this onrunning theme. Well, for me, really, I've just been talking to myself. You just you haven't really been engaging me. Uh, but talking about uh, country music. Oh. Um, so I'm going to talk about Old Town Road. Have uh, you got any other topics that you'd like to bring to the fore? Let's put in my noggin before we get started with your week in Ambridge.
4: Um, sales I want to talk about sales. Thank you. Awesome. All right. Brilliant.
3: Well, uh, so we've done unfeasibly large... Testicles before we actually yeah. went on mic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've done micro penises. Yeah. Um, we're gonna All do...
4: ends of the speculum we've covered, haven't we?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But first, before we get on to sales and to uh, Old Town Road, it's our Lucy and her week in Ambridge. And I was stretching that because I hadn't gone to the page, but I have <laughs> <laughs>
4: this week in ambridge freddie was rejected no less than three times as a paper boy a scone wrangler and a kitchen salesman the only Mm. thing anyone let him near on the grounds that he couldn't make it worse than it already was was horse shit and he still (laughs) has to be taken step by step (laughs) through that does this make him question his god-given right to money transport and help No. Why is no one around to spend time with me? Why are they all doing jobs and things? Why can't they just ask their parents for money? Oh, no one understands me. No wonder he gets somewhere with Shula. The only person so far he has failed to approach about a job is winner of the Borchester Apprentice, Natasha. I don't know why she's such a successful (laughs) entrepreneur. After all, just this week, the Alana Sugar of Ambridge was triumphant at having persuaded a possible supplier to think about taking on her weirdo compost runoff. Think about means no, but I'm too polite to say it. It's what I say to people when they try and get me to write about their stupid product. I know I mean no, and they know I mean no. Maybe in Wales, it actually means, oh, go on there. Yes, I'll have 10,000. But I strongly doubt it. She was also joyful because her blueberry crush is going nationwide. No surprise that she's been crushing (laughs) Tom's blueberries ever since they got married. In fact, they didn't start out blue. Now... We have to deal with the enigma that is Jacob. Considering the Swedes are supposed to be quite relaxed and liberal and obviously all look like Bjorn Borg in his heyday, I cannot quite work out why every time I hear Jacob, I hear Herr Flick from a lower low. People ask too many questions. The seats in the ball are too slippery. Bizarrely, Herr Flick (laughs) seems to be best friends with Chris Carter set to inherit his father's title as World's Nicest Man. And we also heard that Jacob had a relationship, which he described as nice. It was with a chatty woman (laughs) called Tandy, who also goes goes under the name, presumably, of the fallen Madonna with the big boobies. Tom Uh bought Helen a birthday gift of some smashed up chocolate gingers. Natasha was incredulous at this skin flintery, but again, she doesn't realise that to bridge farm people, biscuits from a shop is like buying a gold-plated yacht. What sort of profligate decadence is this, Tom? You'll be making us use commercial loo paper soon. There's nothing wrong with bulrushes. Anyway, (laughs) Natasha redressed the balance by buying her some perfume with a hint of musk to help her smell a bit less of cheese, or more like cheesy musk. Anyway, musky cheese, whatever. Ed had been talked into by Emma, annoyingly, uh, becoming a courier of weaponised chicken shit for Tim (laughs) O'Tay. How long are we giving this before Ed gets pulled over in the van that Tim found for Eddie and harassment, to his incredulous delight, discovers that the van's been half-inched and Ed's up to his elbows in hooky fertiliser. This would give harassment a strike rate of two crimes solved in three years. Goodness me, a promotion is surely in the offing. Maybe they'll give him a police car with better pedals now. Over at Lower Loxley, Elizabeth came out of the shower and remembered she had an art gallery and that Lewis had been locked in it since 2004. <laughs> Poor Lewis. He'd eaten the oil paintings and sucked all the moisture out of the watercolors. She opened the door and Lewis collapsed through them. I think maybe this job is getting a bit too much for you, said Elizabeth, thoughtfully staring down at him as he blinked in the daylight and poked him with her net a ballet pump. I'll get Russ to do it instead. <laughs> I don't want Russ to leave completely as I might fancy a shag in about a month's time. Would you like to take over my art gallery, Russ? And if you need help getting anything up, let me know, she said. You'd think the Lower Loxley (laughs) Entertainment team would have learned from their near-illegal Halloween shambles with bodies dropping out of trees onto small children, but no! Easter Sunday was another surreal family day out with giant birds of prey making off with children and a six-foot paedophile Easter bunny rising up from behind the lady of the manor's ha-ha while she brandishes an oversized carrot shouting, it won't hurt once you get used to it, Russ. Nigel quite liked it before the accident. The
3: end. (laughs) Well
4: done, you.
3: You know what, Luce? Every week is a triumph because that was so much better than last week. Well (laughs) done, you. Now, our Lucy, Hmm. Um, last week in Ambridge, right, you know, you know what I thought, right? I, I, I'm I'm a little bit, there has to be something more to, to Timote and Ed, because it's, it's too obviously signposted. Yeah. So what could that curve in the road actually be? Obviously, the curve in the road is what I'm talking about as as Eddie's actually driving the van. Right? Yeah. But, uh, so, I mean, the physical and metaphorical curve in the road. What do you think it might be, Arloes?
4: I don't. It's either going to be uh, Emma and Tim, which I think is unlikely, mm. um, Ed being stopped with hooky stuff and Tim vanishing and leaving Ed to carry the can, um, or tim doing something that involves ed in something that damages will's um business in some way and sets mm. all that off again but that's happened before hasn't it oh no it hasn't actually only the poaching mm. but you know that i mean eddie regularly poaches from his own son so <laughs> it, that wouldn't be you know nothing new there is there you know we've so we've got Jacob,
3: who's just um come into Ambridge, and yeah. we don't know where that is going at all right we the The more you hear about him, you know he's got some kind of social dysmorphic thing going yeah. on or whatever if it's not full on I'm just um you know autistic or whatever the heck um or asperger's sorry not not yeah. autistic he's you know he's asperger's um but what w- with this it's just it feels so on the nose you know is that i just you know i hope it's going to veer off in, in 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 some direction because just for us to worry about ed and emma and cash again is just it's it's just too much it's just too much though you know we are going slightly back to last week and and talking about the fact that peggy wouldn't just let her go and stuff. Yeah. So you know, it's just it it says money, 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 and and criminality, and yes, you know, I quite like it when Harris Burns has got nothing to do. I don't want him having to arrest Rn. Mm. I really don't. I no, really don't.
4: and you know, there's <clears throat> is that thing where was lots of people on Twitter when when um, there was the conversation between Emma and Ed, and she said, "Oh, you might as well just do it, Ed." Um, uh, and people were going, no, no, no. Why? Why can't they ever have anything nice? Why can't you know they've waited mm. for this to, for so long? Why do they have to be put in a position where they're gambling for it again? Mm. You know, it's sort of like, can they not just have a have a get a nice thing legitimately and keep it? Um, mm. And I do, I do understand that. I mean, it it just makes your heart sink when you think, oh no, it's gonna, you know, it's all so precarious again now, isn't it?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Though talking about last week, and if you remember, I said there was absolutely no way that Alistair would not have been aware of Jacob. Mm. You know, that uh, they're not only vets, but they're both equine vets. Well, Jacob, they...
4: Jacob was talking about another equine vet this episode, wasn't he? Well, I said, I mean, oh, yeah, is... yeah, I know him. Yeah.
3: Well, exactly. And then we see that Chris knows Jacob. You know, yeah. they've met through some <laughs> professional association of farriers <laughs> and whatever. It's like, come on now. Right. Yeah. So it, it's almost if like a week later, they're going to oh, wait on a minute. This is going to be, you know, it's bonkers that this character can just be working in this industry, just what, five miles down the road and not know anybody. So, the, you know, they're yeah. the, the, the throwing Chris, Chris Carter into it. Yeah. And it did feel somewhat kind of false and weird so like, oh hey Jakob, hey chris you know whatever blah 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 yeah but at least <laughs> it's much more realistic than having this um you know character who hasn't come from Bator. you know literally it's felpsham <laughs> just down the road who then does actually know some people in the village yeah um yeah. so how forced did you think the whole thing was about him talking about Susan and then Susan obviously is Chris's mum and then the whole flowers thing?
4: Well, the flowers thing I didn't believe in for a second. Mm. Um, The the talking about his mum thing, I think was quite realistic. I mean, Susan is a larger than life character. She does cross question people. She cannot help it. He could have gone into the, shop once and she'd have practically followed him down the road shouting questions at him as he left. Um mm. And also, you know, both her children know exactly what she's like. uh And, um you know, she's just a very strong character. So I think it, that's, that was, that to me was really believable. The, the sending the, the giving the flowers, I don't think was at all. He'd have just said she was being nosy. I didn't want her to ask me those questions. She shouldn't have done it. That's it. He he wouldn't have kind of seen it. I don't think he would have seen any need to apologise to that extent. Mm. And was he actually rude
3: to her? I I can't actually remember. You know I think why he, would he, he need? He to said, send... "You're not
4: my mother," and then and then Chris oh, well, said, "So it's not." That, that was how so, yeah, they managed yes, to get in the fact. He said, "Oh, yeah, I think it was is... actually my mother."
3: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well. That to me felt somewhat shoehorned in script writers. Um, full stop. Alistair would have known who he was, but anyway. Uh, moving swiftly on, I tell you what I did think uh, was actually made a whole load of sense and actually quite nice. I did like the interactions between Lily and Freddie this week, and the fact that Lily ends up by saying she didn't help. Uh, Freddie getting a job with, was it Felpisham Kitchens or Borchester Kitchens? I did say this to um, to Kerry when I interviewed him a couple of months back. In my head, Felpisham and Borchester are the same place. I can't differentiate <laughs> the two. Right. I know I know one is, you know, the, the the town that gives its name to the Shire and one is bigger than the other. Don't ask me which is, I presume Borsetshire must be bigger than Felpisham. But like to me, I, I can't differentiate them, Luce. How, how, how do you actually split the two towns other than one's called this and one's called that? Okay, where was Jack's? You know, where was Jack? Where You know, the, the bar, the cafe Jack's was Clinton in Felpisham. Had, are you 100% sure?
4: Yeah, because it's near Underwoods.
3: Oh, God. People would go Your to God. Jack's
4: after Underwoods, wouldn't they, I think?
3: Would they? You just said, I think. So you're not quite sure, are you?
4: See, in my mind, I think of because of I think of I think kind of think of Ambridge as sort of I associate it with where I was brought up. So I kind of think of Borchester as Market Harborough and Felpersham as somewhere like uh, Stamford, a little bit further out and a little bit posher.
3: Oh, Stamford's lovely.
4: It is lovely. Yeah.
3: Mm. Went there for the first time about five years ago. I tell you, that is like a bit of England all round there—Cambridgeshire, um, the Fens, all that kind of malarkey. Yeah. Peterborough, I just didn't know at all; N- I'd never been to, and it is that like picture postcard England round there. Well, Stamford is beautiful.
4: It's like you can't watch any period drama without seeing um, uh, without seeing Fitzroy Square appearing with monotonous regularity. I used to work round there, and it was a nightmare. You, tr- if you're late for work, you'd, I'd come pegging round the corner of. Mm. Um, Whatever it's Fitzroy Street, and straight into Fitzroy Square, and there'd be some bloody pillock in a flozzy jacket holding up his hand. No, <laughs> you can't. Would you mind waiting, please? We're filming. And I'd say, well, can I just go around? I said, they're only filming that half. No, I'm sorry, but my office is just on that. No, I'm sorry. My... We used to work on Cleveland Street, um, and you'd have to stand there while some blooming bonneted pillock went clopping past in a in a carriage and pulled up outside because Griffith Jones lives down that road. Pull, ah. generally pulled up outside Griff Jones's house and then cut, and then, you know, some courier would go flashing through and the whole thing would be ruined. And it was just infuriating. And you can't, it's not, they're not allowed to stop you, mm. but they do. And it's absolutely, it drives you crackers. When it happens for like the fourth time, and you're, you know, the fourth time you're late that week, it's very mm.
3: irritating. Talking about being late, Freddie and mm-hmm. Russ... I mean, yes. Freddie had to go to his uh offender's uh yeah. thing and me bobbly, didn't he? Uh, yeah. This has been mentioned. It was mentioned last week. And I've kind of kept my powder dry on this. Because I veer from, I like Freddie as a character. I think he's a, a great character to have on as the scion of Nigel. I really like that. That he's Nigel but gone wrong.
0: Right, he's, he's Nigel, <laughs>
3: yeah. but with angst. Okay. Yeah. But and I and I whisper this because we want actors to come on the show. Yeah. I'm not sure how accomplished the actor is.
4: You know, who plays uh, the, Freddy or who plays
3: who plays Freddy? Yeah.
4: Oh, see, other people have said that. I don't know why oh. I'm whispering. I think probably if they can hear. They can hear it. Really, doesn't make any difference if we whisper.
3: But but like, it it pains me to say. I'm saying I don't know. I'm genuinely saying I don't know, right? Whereas there is another actor in this, and the consensus of which I I wholeheartedly agree with is that he he doesn't emote. You know, he only has one delivery. All right, and the reason why it pains me to say this is because, as I said before, we want these actors to come on the show. We want them to feel comfortable enough to come on, but we all we are we wouldn't be giving our listeners uh, giving them proper fan service if we didn't kind of convey fans' feelings as well. And and I yeah. I'm so on the fence, loose. I'm so on the fence because I like him as a character, and I yeah. like the sense of there's a real bundle of energy, angst. Yeah. Anger, frustration.
4: Yes. (laughs) Well,
3: there's all all of the above. You know, frustration, anger, entitlement, which I actually think the actor portrays that really well. Yeah. But it feels like on the edge all the time. That's the thing. Right. It seems to me that he goes from like uh, first gear to sixth gear. Without mm. cranking through any of the gears, it, it, mm. it almost feels on and off in terms of you know, and I think if I you like compare it. him
4: with 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 Rory, Rory seems to be a much more seasoned actor, and I would say is more convincing as he's a better, more rounded character, and. Possibly, I don't think necessarily a better actor, just a different sort of actor. But I think Freddie has a manic energy that comes across. mm. And they haven't quite given him any solidity yet. He's just a ball of manic energy. Everything's very temporary and you don't get the sense that anything about his character is actually real yet.
3: Mm. And that's the reason why I say, and you put your finger on it, and that's the reason why I say that he feels like he's, this is Nigel. What Nigel gone wrong, right? That the, the Nigel wasn't exactly manic, but Nigel was jolly hockey six, wasn't he? If a boy can be jolly hockey six, there was a, there was an energy to Nigel, even when Nigel was chill, right? Nigel was up and happy, and there definitely is a sense of up. I'm not saying it's necessarily happiness with uh, with Freddie, but there is a, a temperament which is I'm going for it type of thing. Yeah. And and in that way, it's quite genius. But considering that every storyline that Freddie is in is actually about Freddie and his centre stage, that he's been forced to um, maybe to emote that little bit more. Right. So it comes over as like bloody hell, like you have Mm. to like towel yourself off afterwards because you you, because you're sweating because of the the actual energy Mm. uh, and and, uh, which is being put into the performance and stuff. So so I don't know. Right. I'm, I'm I love I actually love the 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 character's voice. I like the fact that you absolutely know it's Freddy. Right. Mm. Whereas when when Rory starts to speak, he still have to go. Who's this again? Oh yeah, it's Rory. Yeah. Right. You know, you, <laughs> still, yeah. have to, you yeah. still have to. You still have that one second. We go. Who's this? Right. Yeah. I know who he is. Good. Right. I feel that they've done a really good job of channeling um a 2019 version of Nigel, who's gone gone awry. Check. Right. It goes. It goes. Check. 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 For me, in so many ways. But but. I can't keep up emotionally. That's the thing. And I'm saying, is this the writing? Is this direction? Is this acting? And I haven't quite made my mind up. I haven't quite made my mind up. Right. Hmm.
4: Freddie has these occasional kind of um, uh, moments where you feel sympathy with him or you think, ah, that actually got through to him. And then Mm. a second later, he says something so annoyingly crass and overprivileged that you think, nope. Nope, nope, nope. Nothing has got through to him. He is still a pillock. Um, and that's been happening a lot recently. Uh, it's so, uh, the, the, I, I think the other thing is, as well,
3: and again, I know, obviously in the writing it's there, but in between the lines, that Lily is mature for her age and Freddie's immature for his age. Yeah. Right. That, that you know. And. And this, uh, so that's how the two characters have been written, the two siblings. Then yeah. you have who, who's directing it. OK, so actor who is playing Freddie, because you are this, you need to put this energy into this kind of performance. And I don't know whether he's been amped up that little bit too much to be too immature. Because again, when you, you, you see Johnny and him, like I'm wondering how Johnny would be friends with Freddie. Because look, look, how, look how sorry yeah. Johnny actually is. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm starting to really question that relationship because it makes no sense.
4: But now Johnny's feeling... so I think in the beginning, Freddie, uh, Johnny was vaguely impressed by Freddie and he couldn't believe that he lived in a house like that and all that mm. stuff. And now he feels sorry for him. I think there's been a big sh- power shift. No, no, Did I, I just I, say I, shower piffed? Power <laughs> shift. <power, laughs> I don't know what I said. Power shift. Um, so that now...
3: I think you think you're right because there was that whole line, wasn't there, about um, Johnny possibly moving in with Bella? There was yeah. some, you know, he said, "Oh, I'm,", I'm and he like, said, "I want like...
4: to take this seriously. I want to try and do this." Yeah, and, and, and Freddie's still whining. What about me? When are you going to have time to play video games? And you know, mm. and you say, oh, you know, he, yeah. Johnny suddenly sounds five or six years older, at least, than Freddie. Mm. The thing that upset me this week, oh, okay, was. Um will and Maya, Mia. I've got i f- I've mm. got one of my friends' little girls, is called is called Maya. That's why I keep saying Maya and it's Mia. Um, I thought it was so awful that he hadn't even got bread. He's just so blind and so blinkered. And he thinks somehow he can just plow through. And it's going to fix itself. And he doesn't realize that he is... Dra- if he had a son of Maya's age, Mia's age, there is no way he would be expecting him to have bought bread, to be taking his younger sister to have her hair cut. To- he is such a sexist, small-minded, bigoted bastard. He, you know, He is ruining that little girl's life. And just to, you know, if you are a parent, it is your sodding responsibility to my not saying that children shouldn't do chores and they shouldn't, you know, take shared responsibility, but to just kind of go, oh, yeah, we haven't got any bread. You know, that is pathetic, quite frankly. When you've got transport and you work in the village where the shop is, it is not difficult. Um, Lucy? You know, for that. Yes.
3: Off mic. Wasn't that yesterday's episode?
4: Oh crap, was it? Yes. Fuck. <laughs> now I've got nothing else to say, I feel. No. <laughs> Can we just save that and drop it in next week? Then I'll save my breath for all that. <laughs>
3: Well, dear listener, um, you won't know this because of the the, the magic, the proficiency of my editing, the but we're having seamless a, editing exactly. But I'm, we're having a mayor here. So, in the words of Lucy Freeman, Royfield, no more yakking. Let's get on with the calls." <laughs>
4: Hello, Hambridge three nine six two.
3: Uh, first off. Uh, you've got a choice between uh, Grey Whiskers, Grey Whiskers, and Welsh Witch. So, what do you want first, Lucy?
4: Let's do. Let's let's put Welsh Witch in between two Grey Whiskers.
3: <laughs> All right then.
4: Right
1: now, then you two. This be old Grey Whiskers here. Now I'm a bit confused. This Easter Bunny thing. How on earth is someone supposed to hide behind a har har? Because a <laughs> yes. har har. It's supposed to be a ditch, (laughs) but don't obscure the view from the house to the gardens or the park. Now, you can't hide behind a ditch, because it's stupid. (laughs) You can hide in a ditch, but you can't hide behind one. Anyway, there you go. You go and tell that to our old friend, the scriptwriter bloke. Anyway, have
4: a good time. Bye. He's right. He's dead right, you know, she says, sounding like Tony Hancock. You can't hide behind a ha-ha, because you can't hide behind a ditch. <laughs> you can hide in it, not behind it.
3: Mm, I did not know a ha-ha was a thing.
4: <laughs> really?
3: No, I really didn't. I really didn't.
4: <laughs> well, it is, mm. and you can't hide behind it.
3: So there we go <laughs> Well, well done for for pointing out that uh, glaring <laughs> uh, plot error uh, Mr Whiskers <laughs> you know, That whole episode does not make sense now Because of, because of that But I uh, thank you for that <laughs> So now we're going from uh, ha-ha's from Paul Whiskin To uh, a witch who is
2: Welsh Hi Boyfield, Lucy and all dumdy dummers It's Welsh Witch here Phoning from sunny Aberystwyth um, I'm an occasional emailer in app. Uh, but a first-time caller. So, as is tradition, uh, my heritage is Carol Tregoran. Ah! Um, reason for phoning in today, um, a couple of things struck me this week in the Archers. Freddie, why doesn't anybody turn around to him and say, look, you're going to inherit this business, you need to learn it. Um, come on, get a grip, guy, guys. Um, and rest. I think he's not so much wanting to get into Elizabeth Knickers. I think it's more a case of he's now casing the joint. Has he seen some sort of valuable painting that uh, the others don't quite appreciate? Mm.
0: Um,
2: Rory and Ben are they going to cause an accident? Um, are they going to even cause a death? Um, they've had two instances now where villagers have basically covered their asses, And I'm just wondering if there's going to be something there. Um, though it did strike me that if Rory got together with Mia... Um, That would really send Jennifer into a tailspin because um, an Aldridge and a Carter, I think she can just about tolerate (laughs) an an Aldridge (laughs) and (laughs) a Grundy. Not too sure (laughs) about that. And Ed and Emma, um, is this going to be a a county lines plot that the um, story story writers are going down? I think so. Um, But they're not going to get the house, are they? They're going to have to spend the money on barrister fees. Anyway that's my two minutes nearly up so thanks for the show it's the only place where i can really virtually discuss the archers so really enjoying it keep up the good work and speak to you soon
3: oh thank you for that we'll switch bye mm.
4: that's county lines I hadn't thought of that that's very good
3: mm. uh, very good indeed uh, can i talk about country music now
4: no. Um, Welshwitch has also emailed in, you see, and this mm-hmm. is what she says, um, uh, because is, she forgot to was, say something. Was this was this the email that starts with, is it good is form? Is it bad form? Yeah. yeah. Okay, right. Um, she said, uh, I think Lucy's partially right about Jill and the whole farce regarding Rosie's middle name. Could it be that her friendship with Leonard has shown her that... Uh, that hasn't diminished her love for Phil. So by the same token, Phil loved Grace and Jill, but differently and at separate times. Yes, I think that's exactly it.
3: Mm. Yes. There, there is an article, I haven't read it, but there is an article in Today's Guardian about um, finding love after bereavement. Oh. Yeah. So uh, rather timely, you know, thinking thinking about, ah, yeah. uh, Jill, how does the new partner cope with yeah. the fact that you kind of lionise um you know the, the, the sorry not not that you that your, your partner lionizes yeah. somebody else where you're you sort know. of
4: living alongside a ghost you don't want exactly. them exactly to be forgotten and but they're always with exactly. you and um, we also had an email from um ambridge pony club who said yakko mm-hmm. yakob Jakob or yakult yakult's first case was the injured horse at the rider school was reasonably convincing i'd never tell someone to go to the opposite side of a horse to control it the horse then jumps onto them when you sedate it but I just figured he didn't like Alistair, <laughs> but then there was the sidebone diagnosis in a hunter with one lame lined leg with one lame hind leg. How can I put this in layman's terms? Pigs might fly first of all, I don't know a modern farrier who can't read foot radiographs all by themselves. Sidebone is common and obvious Chris would have had no problem seeing it. Sidebone is a common degenerative change uh rarely causes lameness, almost always front limb almost they did say it's unusual um. Just because you see it on an x-ray, you would not put the lameness down to that. The lameness almost certainly from something else, especially in the hind leg. Even if you flipping Google side bone, it tells you that. If it truly was a unilateral side bone, the most likely cause would be, in fact, that Chris had not been trimming the foot properly. It can be caused by a bad farrier. So Tandy was right there. So uh is this the ambridge suspend disbelief problem or is he actually meant to be a fraud not a very good horse bet, covering for chris because he fancies him that's my bet especially after he bought susan flowers highly suspicious she didn't know he'd slagged her off to chris so he was making up to him not her bet tandy dumped him after she caught him in bed with her hot male dressage coach brackets there's a lot of that in the veterinary world goodness me Hot dressage coaches, oh. mm. Mm. and we've had another email oh, from Ian. Hell. All
3: right, okay. I'm just uh, you. You read through the emails, and I'm just going to think about Old Town Road.
4: Okay, I'm trying to prevent you doing your piece about country music just by talking a lot. Um, uh, he says I am a first time emailerinera. I am a Jack slash Gideon. Two mm. points I would like to make. One plot prediction: Jim will develop dementia and convert to Christianity with the help of Shula. I'm a health <laughs> professional and work with older people, often experiencing dementia or dementia-type conditions. The conversation between Jim and Leonard, so glad it wasn't just me who picked this up, was who picked up on this, was a sort of rambling, overly friendly exchange I see quite regularly with my patients. Aha! I can see Jim starting to develop dementia-type symptoms and then begin to find the doctrine associated with Christianity more appealing. Shula will then be on hand to put into practice our Christian ideals, forgiveness, etc., and support Jim through a tough time. That's interesting. It did seem very, very out of character for Jim. We both said that, didn't we?
3: Royfield. Sorry. Yes, it
4: did. We, we, We said that. We said that last week. Yeah. Yes, I know, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm reminding the listener that we did. Mm. Point two, why has Jolene gone on tour? She is not a regular character. Therefore, we, the listeners, do not need an excuse as to why she will not be heard for a few months. For example, we haven't heard from Linda in ages, but the scriptwriters do not provide us with a reason for it.
3: That's a fair point.
4: I predict that the tour will be part of a larger storyline when she returns to the bull.
3: Yeah, it has to be. It's the only way it makes any kind of sense.
4: He says, Ian from Coventry, the home of Two-Tone.
3: That's true, it is. Oh, is that it? Is that the end? Oh, that was his sign-off. He was signing off. I think there's
4: a cat fight going on Mm. outside, by the way. There are strange screaming noises. It's not me, it's cats.
3: Though, to be fair, the Mm. home of Two-Tone is equally equally, uh, Camden and Birmingham. Ah, Yeah, the specials were the only band.
4: You could start another online fight with Ian from Coventry then about, <laughs> about <laughs> Don't <that>. start
3: fights. <laughs> don't start fights. But like the specials were the only band that actually came from Coventry. But ah. they're synonymous with, with uh, Two-Tone. And then you had Madness, who, who, were they actually on the Two-Tone label? But anyway, and they, they were famously Camden. And then you have The Beat and uh, whatever from Birmingham. But yes, I'll, I'll give you that. One of the homes of two tone. Um, so, loose this this country music thing. What do you reckon? It's a little Nas x an old town road.
4: I've got no idea what you're talking about. Oh, Is that come on, dish?
3: stop it! Of course you do. I don't. It's that. It's that country music rap.
4: Oh, Miley Cyrus's dad. Exactly. I tell you, it's an... He's the one who somebody said it was a bad day for music when he realised that Aiky rhymed with breaky. Yeah,
5: I'm gonna take my horse to the old town road I'm gonna ride till I can't no more I'm gonna take my horse to the old town road I'm gonna ride till I can't no more I got the horses in the back Horse stock is attached it Black, got the boosies black to match. Riding on a horse, you can whip your Porsche. I've been in the valley, you ain't been up off that porch. now. Nah. Can't nobody tell me now. My baby. You can go and ask me My life is a movie, bull riding and booth Cowboy hat from Gucci, wrangler on my booty. Can't nobody tell me nothing You can't tell me nothing Can't nobody tell me nothing
3: This whole conversation, you know, so the whole the whole thing gets circled back. Billy Ray Cyrus, we only know yeah. him for that song, don't we?
4: Yeah, and All now right. for his stupid daughter.
3: True that. And also for singing um, a line on Old Town Road, a line or two in Old Town Road. But Billy Ray Cyrus was, what, 20 years ago, however long ago it was, you know, quite a big star. In in the US, he, he, he's not yeah. just achy breaky heart. That's his biggest no. hit. But like, yeah. but again, it's just the fact that this music, that music, country music, fundamentally did not travel across the Atlantic. No. And you know, so, um, so at the moment, the biggest song in the world is Old Town Road by Nas, which is a rather clever rap to a piece of music <laughs> which, to all intents and purposes, sounds like a mashup of country music and hip hop it's got the 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 twangy elements of country music and then it's got this this thuddering sub bass and it's awesome right and a very clever little little rap do you really know nothing about this record because the whole story is absolutely fascinating so um the so there's this rapper called Lil, Lil Nas X and he went onto a website and purchased the music for $30 and now this song is number one in America. So the person who created the music is a Dutch teenager. He's only 19, Lil Nas X. The person who created, who produced the music is 18, lives in Holland. They've never met. Um, He uploaded this beat to this website and then this American rapper raps over it. Doesn't even release it as a song. Puts it up on YouTube with some video footage and country DJs were ripping the audio off YouTube and playing it on on the radio stations. The amount of streams it got, it then went on Spotify and it's number one in America. And the the story is that um, Billboard, when it got to number one, yanked it from uh, saying that it was a piece of country music because it got to the number one in the country chart and said because... It wasn't country music, though. You listen to it and you go, it sounds pretty country to me. So the controversy comes in that they yank it from being number one. Billy Ray Cyrus basically screams bullshit and racism and because they said that the artist who performs it is not, one of the reasons why they said it's not country music, isn't associated with the genre, he says, well, I'm going to sing on it. So it goes to Little Nas says, can I sing on this? He goes, absolutely, Billy Ray. So it, goes, so it solidifies it back as number one in the country. Yeah. And the, there's a fascinating podcast called Switched On Pop. It's a really good podcast in terms of what they do is they break down and deconstruct and analyse pop songs. You know, why Why does this song work? Why does it not work? What is the vocalist doing? And it sounds really quite nerdy, and it does border on the slightly nerdy, but you can listen to it with a casual ear and be entertained by it. And one of the fascinating things for me about country music, because they, they did a deep dive into this song last week, and why was it yanked from the country music charge by Billboard? And fundamentally... You know, it's very obvious to say racism because this guy was rapping, right? Even though all these country country music DJs were playing it. But the history of the categorization of country music is that Billboard in the 1950s said, this is not rock and roll. This is not blues. Those are immoral and kind of dangerous pieces of music that black oh, really? people do. Yes. So they created country music as a category. So actually, they've been true to form. Utterly fascinating that, yeah, that literally there is a colour bar on country, on the categorization of country music, because there are things like Gangster Grass and there have been these kind of crossover hits where people have rapped over fundamentally, you know, music, instrumentation, which sounds really, really country, but it never makes the country charts. You know, and, and when you strip it down back in the at the start of the American charts, when country would have been synonymous with blues and very early rock and roll, they went, No, 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 no. We need a form of music which is white, is not gonna scare the horses quite literally. We're gonna call it country, and and then over the next fifty, sixty, seventy years country as we know it then develops from that categorization so hence you have this song which is now number one in america which cost the producer which the producer only got thirty dollars to produce right and and it's, it's yanked for me no more it's an utterly fascinating story switched on pop is the podcast go to last week's if you want to have a deep dive into it sonically how it was actually created and what is it that when we listen to it, we say that it is actually country and then, um, just to finish up on this three podcast ramble of mine uh, talking about uh, country music, I said two weeks ago, Luce, that why is it that Malcolm Gladwell like, as a as a black man growing up in Canada, being born in Britain of Jamaican parentage, why is he into country music? I got an mm. answer at the Dumdy Dum meetup. Now, please forgive me, Dumdy Dummer. I can't quite remember your name, but you came from Buffalo. But she took me to one side and she went, Royfield, do you know the reason why Malcolm Gladwell likes country music? And I says, no, please tell me. She said, I will tell you, Royfield. When we were growing up, there were only three radio stations in Canada. It was CBC and whatever else. And it was full of American music. And to fill the stations, we played a lot of country music. 40, 50 years ago in Canada, American country music was played a lot on Canadian radio, so not now, but it said if you're a certain age and you grew up in Canada, you have this affinity to this Southern American music because it was on the radio. So that's the reason why Gladville actually has an affinity for country music. So thank you for schooling me on ah. that. Anyway, that's me, uh, country music done and dusted. Um, do you want to talk about, Lucy, do you want to talk about telesales now?
4: Uh, no, we haven't got time now. Let's do... Um, old Grey Whispers, Whiskers has got another call, hasn't he? Oh, he has. You're right.
1: Hello, you two. Tis Old Grey Whiskers here again. I've got a plot prediction for you. Now, I reckon this here Jacob Harkinson bloke has been brought in simply so that one day Joe Grundy can call him out for Bartleby. He'll call out veterinary, This Jacob guy will turn up. And poor old Joe, he'll die of apoplexy just trying to say his full name.
2: <laughs> anyway
1: have a good time now and Lucy you go and wrap yourself up and get better from that cough bye
4: well old grey whiskers I really do hope there is some point to Jacob and that he's not just going to be there to um upset Alistair and then disappear again like Anisha did um it's quite interesting they've brought a bloke in rather than a woman and I do think something will happen with with Shula um but I like the idea of Joe calling <laughs> calling out and especially because he just won't understand Joe, will he? He just won't understand the way Joe talks, the way Joe is. That'd be quite funny. So, yes, hopefully that is the point of him. Exactly. So, Royfield, what is next?
3: It is time for us to have an advertisement break. Uh, so people that have camp coffee on the go uh, feel free uh, to neck it Um, if you have anything stronger feel free to drink that also Um, and then we'll come back to the side it will be our yokel bear
0: imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time
6: Hello Dumpty Dum, it's or Bear here calling with the social media roundup for the week. Something odd happened this week, which is that I momentarily found myself feeling something positive about Shula. And I said that I thought it was admirable the way that she stood by Freddie and genuinely seems to want to help him. Janet White says this is because she loves a project that validates herself or am I just being cynical? No, Janet, I think you're right. She does love a good project, doesn't she? She likes fixing everything and fixing Mm. everybody. But Caroline Pierce said that she thought it's lovely. It's a genuine relationship between the two of them and she's thoroughly enjoying listening to it. Yeah, I did enjoy listening to it, but it was momentary because then I remembered, you know, Shula and that. Sasha Menesh said about uh, Freddy, uh, if Freddie can get a job working with animals, he might turn into a decent human being. He needs something that would teach him patience, humility, and sympathy. Do you know what, Sasha? I'm with you on that. All mm. week I've been screaming at the radio get a job doing the hawks, doing the birds of prey, doing the horses. You're really good at this, Freddy. You've really got a passion for it. But instead, he's been going around going, I don't know what to do. It's right there in front of you, posh boy. Alison Heim-Marx pointed out, though, it makes her look good, though, doesn't it? And she's not paying him to muck out. Yeah, a bit of free labour there, a bit of family labour, eh? Though, talking to Shula, we asked later in the week a question about, um, is Shula losing her faith? She seems It seems to be a bit shaky at the moment, doesn't it? Uh, Matthew Joseph Burt said, Shula isn't losing her faith as such, but she will need to reassess it. In the light of its complete lack of ability to have any effect on her moral decision making, hopefully she'll come to the realisation that saying the church isn't for sinners is like saying hospital isn't for sick people. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Matthew. Um, She does take quite a hard line, doesn't she? And I think maybe that's softening a little bit. I think maybe life is making her soften that approach a little bit. Leslie Greaves, though, says Shula will become a nun in a Trappist order, hopefully. (laughs) Is there a female order? Um, Yeah, I think so. get thee to a nunnery, Shula. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she will. I don't know. There's not many nunners around these days, is there? I don't know. don't know. Maybe we'll get calls to tell us whether there is or not. And talking of um, confusing sympathies, again, later in the week, I said, scriptwriters, stop confusing me. I found myself having sympathy with Russ and uh, about that whole kind of, um, that chat or that argument with Freddie when they were hurtling to see the probation officer and stuff like that. Now, I will say, there was not a lot of love for Freddie here. Um, Christy Nicole said, does Freddie have a single redeeming quality? Um um, Catherine Schleicher. <laughs> sorry if I, if that's not how you pronounce her last name, Catherine. But anyway, Catherine said, "Agree. Really confusing, and Freddie's voice really grinds my gears. Um, yeah, it is a bit annoying sometimes. Um, and also, as well, somebody else, um, Marie Harris said, um, maybe they need to recast Freddie. Now, I disagree with that. Actually, Marie, I think the actor who plays." Freddy does it really well because I think he's meant to be annoying. He's meant to have this kind of whining voice because that's where he's at right now. And I think he does it really, really well. However, Ian Wagstaff posted a comment that really got me thinking and made me challenge myself a bit on Freddy when he said... Freddie is the most relatable character in the entire village. Now, we're saying, at this point, I was was aghast. Like, what what do you mean, Ian? But anyway, Ian goes on to say, When I was a teenager, none of my mates had the dedication of Johnny, the ambition of Josh, or the intelligence of Lily. We were underachieving losers, just like Freddie, trying to discover an identity and have a good time. He's all right by me. Hashtag unpopular opinion. <laughs> it might be an unpopular opinion amongst some, Ian, but actually, I think you're kind of right. I mean, you can't have all these teenagers who are super motivated and super ambitious because there's going to be some that's not. And I think Freddie's the the one that's kind of lost a little bit, isn't he? But even though the post was about having sympathy with Russ, I mean, we did really concentrate on Freddie. Though Marie Harris, again in her post, said it's a day for celebration, somebody finally telling Freddie the truth. Um, yeah, I think that was long overdue. But Anne Lidden gave gives a word of warning. But remember, when Rob kept doing nice things, don't fall for it. So, yeah, I think the jury's out on Russ um, You know, one swallow doesn't make a summer, so one nice thing doesn't redeem all, I guess. Also, later in the week, we asked about how long do you think it's going to last between Tom and Natasha? Because it seems to be running into trouble already. Paul <laughs> Norris said, marry in haste, repent in leisure, at leisure. Sorry, I'll say that again. Marry in haste and repent at leisure. Yeah, I think that might be one of those things that's happening here. Um... Gillian Corrigan, brilliant conspiracy theory here, Gillian. Natasha is talking to her ex because she is updating him on her progress in the Bridge Farm takeover, and he wanted to know when she thought she'd be back home. did cross my (laughs) mind, actually. Um, But Pat Ralph Hanavan said, actually, here's um, Natasha's most worrying trait, and it's something that actually I picked up on this week as well, and it is, yeah, it's a bit odd, isn't it? Pat says she doesn't have any friends to call other than her her ex or relatives, apparently. No sister, no school chum, no former uh, neighbour. And we never really did meet her parents, did we? She truly seems to have dropped in from Mars, Mm. not Wales. Um, Yeah, there's something... I don't know, it could go one of two ways, really, couldn't it? It could either be... um, that there is something odd and something awry with Natasha. Or it could be she's just a little bit odd and she's kind of settling into the village and she doesn't have many friends. I don't know. Finally, I'm going to um, finish on a post that Emma-Louise Woodward posted this week which uh, said it might be a bit much to do it to both siblings but are we looking at coercive control again with... Tom and Natasha. She doesn't seem violent, but there's a pattern emerging of Natasha persuading Tom to make a big decision, then playing the victim and blaming him completely when mm. it goes wrong. Now, I've got to say, opinion was really split on this one. Um, our own Witherspoon said, I disagree. I believe Natasha is someone who is always making suggestions to improve things. Whether they're good suggestions, nothing mattered. Tom takes them and runs with them, but then doesn't take full responsibility for the decisions he's made. And a lot of other people thought that. Um, um, you know, a lot of people thought... Uh, Rachel Kennedy, for instance, said, I dislike Natasha's character, but as a means to highlight Tom's faults and bring him to account, um, she's brilliant. Mia Fox said, Tom is feckless in business, jumping from one plan to another without properly seeing things through. He's an ar- irritating character and he's just getting on Natasha's nerves. Wouldn't he get on yours? Yeah, Tom does get on my nerves. But other people were definitely not kind of on Natasha's side. Keris uh, Byrne said, um, I agree with her. The, you let me down, Tom, was chilling. Mm-hmm. Um, Janice Betson says, yes, I was thinking that. Listen to last night's episode. I think it's co- coercive control again. She's a nasty individual. So I think the is really out on this one. We've got to see how it plays out. Anyway, that was the week on, on social media. And thank you very much. And I'm going to go now. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye-bye Mr. Yokel Bear.
3: Um, we, we really didn't touch on uh, Tom and Natasha did we because of all of our technical issues yeah. but that was um, definitely a chilling line and for me well not just for me I think for everybody that is the, definitely the storyline um, of, of the moment and actually just seeing where that's going to go and I believe I did say to you but then the line went down again uh, but I'll I'll I'll, po- I'll pose the question to you again. How long do you think this marriage is going to last, loose?
4: I think she's going to. I think she's going to go back to Trev, whoever the hell Trev is. Um, and I think it's not going to be very much longer. I think. I think she's going to say, "Look, Tom, we've made a terrible mistake." Da, 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 da. But I don't often do this, but our dear mm. goddess Diva pointed out that mm-hmm. on the cast list for next week, one of the characters is listed as bailiff Ooh. so it could be a, a substantial change a big a big um some sort of uh, uh you know intervention there that will change everything um a few comments on the facebook stuff i think that shula and um freddie are bonding over over his um situation because they're both going through a crisis at the same time they both feel that they've let down who they're supposed to be uh freddy has let down he's not the uh, the the prodigal son he's not the um uh he's not the perfect son he's not the inheritor of lower loxley that elizabeth wants uh he's not uh worthy this is how he's seeing himself he's not a worthy successor to his father blah 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 and he's having a sort of a an identity crisis, as is Shuler, So they're both backing each other up, really, which is actually quite nice, I think. Mm. Um, he is being paid by Shula to clean out the, the stables. She said, you can have some more hours here if you like. And he's been told that it would be better if he didn't get a job with the family. So he's not allowed to work on, or it's better if he doesn't get a job working on the Lower Locksley Estate. So if he did get a job with falconry, it would have to be off the estate. That's what his probationary workers told him.
3: Mm. And, uh, and i must admit i thought exactly that that the that Freddie, freddy's kind of natural aptitude is actually with animals, isn't it? So there's the whole falconry thing. But also he loved Topper and that's another yeah. link with him, with, with Auntie Shuler, because that's where Topper kind of went, wasn't it? To go and uh, have his, have his, no, Topper didn't go to the stables, but you know, there was the whole scene where Alistair basically in effect puts Topper down, wasn't it? Because Topper kind of yeah. expired and stuff. So um, he has, he has a love of, of horses so again it's just animals and stuff so it makes sense yeah. for him to be helping out at the stables and stuff so so yes the ambridge job fairy mr yoker <laughs> bear will yes. uh, will uh, wave her wand and give him some kind of job um, around animals and he will excel you're going to realize that he's yeah. actually good at this and he will excel uh but yes um enough Aren't old Freddie Partager? So Natasha (laughs) Partager, whatever his name is, I can't say it. Uh, Freddie P, Mister Freddie P, Freddie
4: P, (laughs) Freddie P, little Freddie Uh, P as his uh, rap name
3: is. (laughs) (laughs) Be Lord Freddie P, wouldn't it? You know. uh... Anyway, uh, mirror headlines, and then it's going to be tweets of the week, and then uh, I'm going to have a nightmare to edit this show together
4: you really are uh, uh do you want the mirror headline first
3: yes please, please.
4: you're not going to believe this but you don't believe any of them so there we go to make any change any difference either, does it <laughs> argos argos is um is a um mail order sort of mail, no what is it it's a catalog shop in in the uk Argos denies request to change company name in tribute to Shopper's late uncle. What? The man had an uncle called Gus and he wanted Argos (laughs) to change its name to Our Gus. And they refused. That's the story. (laughs) True. Anyway, Tweets of the Week. Uh, Sarah Mattox, is Natasha really Rob with a makeover? That's exactly what he should, Yeah, that's exactly mm. what she sounds like. Um, Jane Bennett. Accident, accidentally listened to 2 p.m. repeat in car with husband. Felt the need to explain what was going on. That's Tom. We don't like Tom. <gasps> that's Natasha. We don't like Natasha. That's Will. We don't like Will. Husband unclear why I love this program. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ruther Ian. In some ways, you remind me of Simon Peter, Schuller. Oh, Alan, is it the beard? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Esther Pickle. Don't want to be rude, Reverend Alan Franks, but we have heard quite a lot from you over Easter and you've been so busy. Must be shattered. How about a nice long nap? About a (laughs) week should do it. Um, Exeter Dormouse. This is Tweet of the Week. Exeter Dormouse talking about um, Yakult. He doesn't like gossip, passing time of day, cake, sexual intrigue, or unpicking elaborate family trees. These are just the minimum requirements for buying stamps in the village shop. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's not a natural fit, is he really? <laughs> <coughs>
3: no, but, but he makes for an interesting contrast to uh, all the other characters on yes. this wonderful doc you saw. so... So loose, it's that time where we start to wind things down. And um, first off, I'd like to say thank you everybody who's been responding to my request to write a review on Apple Podcasts. That's very nice of you. In a couple of weeks' time, when we get a few more, we'll read out a big, long, exhaustive list of all those people that have taken time out to put their fingers on a keyboard and to write us a review. And you know what, Lucy? They've all been positive. even the ones where where people are uh, you know yeah yeah but even then those those ones are positive too yeah so yeah they're fundamentally thumbs up right so thank you for those again if you want to have your name read out on a future dumpty dum why don't you head over to apple podcasts and write us a review doesn't have to be five starred uh but like it'd be awesome if it was um, if you do not have an apple device you can actually still go uh through the wonders of the internet go onto uh, apple podcasts and sign up and uh, and then and write one if you are an apple hater and there are a few people out there and you use another method to uh Consume your podcasts. Uh, why don't you write a review on whatever platform Matt is on? Just means though that you won't get your name read out because I won't know. Because uh, Apple Podcasts is the most important one for getting us up those iTunes charts, those Apple Podcast charts, and because the more reviews we get, the more people listen to uh, our podcast. Now, Lucy. Um, yes. Oh, I, I burped. That was burp? dreadful. I did. That was dreadful. It came out of nowhere as well. Was like. <laughs> 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 that will make the cutting room floor do not worry uh, <laughs> all right so, well Lucy uh, well, okay. well, um <laughs> stop laughing sorry all Right. um Richie's podcast awards people dumpty dummers human beings should go on there and vote for us shouldn't they
4: Yes, please. It's quite simple. Thank you God. just
3: go on to dum. Oh God, on to dumdy dum. Good God, I, <laughs> you, you go on to the dot com and uh, just search. And you just in the search field, you just um, you know type in dum dum. And then when you've done that, you use your other email address, maybe your work one, sign up again, and type in dum dum again. And then, you know... <laughs> Just keep the,
4: doing that. Tell your friends and family to do that. Um, exactly. Pets. And, and yeah.
3: there, doesn't
4: everybody have if like a If you know any third? Russians, we'll happily take them too. Yep.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How many email addresses do you have, do you think, do you actually use on a fairly regular four. basis? Four? Yeah. So you can vote four times? Yeah. So you've got a work one, a personal one. What are the other two?
4: Secrets ones.
3: Like, for porn and stuff. No! Oh, come on.
4: No one logs in. No one gives their email address, do they? No, but you you have a hooky one, though,
3: don't you? One where, you know, you've said that, like, you live in Cambodia and you are, like, 73 type of thing.
4: But why
3: would you you
4: need to give your email address to them at all?
3: Well, I don't know. I don't know how these things work, Lucy. I'm just, just, just thinking.
4: Perf. Well, anyway, not, I, I haven't got one for that.
3: Because you just, just stream it free.
4: <laughs> no! Uh, shut
3: well, up. Say if you have a specific fetish, right? Yes. You have a specific fetish and there's a website for that, right? Mm-hmm. And to get the premium content, right, you've got to give an email address. Which one are you giving?
4: Um. I don't know. It hasn't arisen <laughs> as I don't have a sodding fetish.
3: <laughs> we all have a fetish, Lucy. Come on. We all have our little kink. Anyway, dum de com, folks. Hmm. <laughs> we are going back to our conversation which we had before, uh, before we went on mic. Um, com, folks, you've been going there and you are purchasing uh, your, your T-shirts and stuff and your mugs. And I think, Lucy, we've had a little bit of a spate of uh, purchases on the shop because some people are going to turn up to the, to the live Dum in their swag.
4: Oh, really? Oh, brilliant.
3: D.D. D. Middleton, Di Middleton, I know she bought one of charcoal grey uh, T-shirts uh, with dum dum written in white, which will be emblazoned across her chest. And she bought it at the same time that she bought a ticket for the
0: dinner. Ah. I, went, uh-huh,
3: I think I know what you're doing, D.D. D. Middleton. Right. Well done. And I can't wait to see you. I know you're coming up from London. Uh, so I will break bread with you and we will commune and we'll have lots of fun. So why don't you? We, because at the moment, it might just end up being just myself, Lucy and DD D. Middleton, you know, <laughs> in rattling around in Birmingham City Town Hall. And that'd be somewhat sad. Right. So if you're thinking to yourself, you know what? May the 11th, i on is, is Anton Is Anton Deck? Will that still be on by then? I don't know, because I'm not in the country. If he
4: hasn't been arrested again. Yeah.
3: Well, there you go. So. There's nothing else on. Football season will be over or just about over, right? So if you're a bloke, you've got no excuse. Uh, if you're a woman that likes football, you've got no excuse. Anton Deck is no excuse. There's nothing on TV round about 7.30 on a Saturday worth watching, right? So Game of Thrones is on on a Sunday. You'll be back home wherever you, wherever you live in the UK. If you come along to Dumb-Dumb Live, Birmingham Town Hall, no, uh, November. uh oh, December. Fuck me. <laughs> 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 On May the 11th, right? There's no excuse because you'll be back home for, for anything suitably important to watch. So come down, uh, hang out with Lucy and I and DD Milton's Milton. It's only going to be the three of us in the town hall. It's, uh, it's £12 a ticket, right? So approximately uh, we've made, well, after the town hall have taken out their their bit of fat out of that ticket and we've paid the guiders the sound right how much do you think we made out of that 12 pound ticket loose
4: oh golly about two quid
3: <laughs> as much as that oh no <laughs> good god
4: <laughs> <If we've> made...
3: <laughs> no lucy we're, we're in deficit loose so the oh, bailiffs god. will be coming round for us right so if you don't want the bailiffs to be knocking around at Lucy's new new swag pag pag pad right uh, why don't you purchase a ticket you can simply do that by going on to dumdydum.com, following the trail which ends you up at the Birmingham Town Hall website or quite simply you go on to Google or other search engines are available and you just type in dumdydum live Birmingham May and you'll get through to a page and you go right I need to pay for this and I need to turn up with some friends so uh, and even if you don't have friends you'll meet friends there so just come there you that's me vlogging Dumdy dum live uh so we've done Dumdy dum live we've done the shop Ah, oh, patreon um yeah awesome go on to patreon.com give us two dollars per show and you help keep the lights on and and it's an awesome thing to do and you get extra content so lucy Yes, Emerald, do you reckon you can like take her to one side and chat to her for half an hour then we can record that and whack it out as a as a show?
4: Yes, but <laughs> then the people that have paid to go to the show are going to be cross, aren't they? No,
3: because then we'll ask her other questions. It's what you do we'll ask her oh, question okay. we'll ask her questions in front of everybody then we'll ask her some other questions secret questions well about her more about her career and other things that she does okay. And a deep dive into her psyche and how and you know and stuff, and then we work that out as a show. It's how we do it. Okay, awesome. So you you can be in charge of that, and and then I'll just go off drinking with the or the <laughs> as well with DD D. Middleton. You know, it'll just DD <laughs> and I will go off and have a right royal town, uh, royal town, a right royal time in Birmingham. Now, folks, this show is a fan show. It's a show where we react to our favorite docudrama, "The Archers," and we, to have your contribution, you can get in contact. With us by sending us a voice message via SpeakPipe on our website, which is dumdydum.com or you can call us on 02030313105 to leave us a message via a telephone. Um, on social media, specifically Twitter, you can find Yokelbear masquerading at dumdydum and also you can find Mr. Everden, um actually at Yokelbear. Uh, Lucy is at Lucy V. Freeman. I can be found at Royfield, and of course we have a Robert who is at Naked Fingers, who Um, is
4: also coming to the Oxford show, and he is going to be. Sorry, God, no, I'm not. It it. He's coming to the Birmingham show, and he's going to be picking tweets of the week and reading them out.
3: Awesome. Now, uh, so that's um, so that's Twitter. And then, of course, Facebook is another mainstay of our show because we read out your comments, your pithy, intelligent, funny, insightful comments at the back end of our show. Um, If you'd like one of your comments, if you deem it to be pithy or insightful, funny or just fucking awesome. Right. Why don't you go on to Facebook, sign up, join the merry band of people that contribute to our Facebook page to get an education about uh, country music in that episode.
4: I did. I'm actually going to go and listen to the thing now.
3: Oh, it, it is really good. And I say that the track in in and of itself is good. It's a good old poppy, hip hoppy trap country piece of music. But the story behind it itself is just yeah. fascinating that it just would not have come about if it wasn't for the Internet. And, and then yeah. why yeah. it is what it is, is also because <coughs> of deep seated racism. You know, it's, uh, yeah, awesome. Awesome story. All right, that's me done. Bye-bye.
4: Bye.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Billboard pulled it, decided it wasn't country enough. It
5: got popular so fast that it didn't have, like, an official release. So radio DJs were um, ripping the song from YouTube to play on the airwaves. Let's face it, being open to new sounds, new artists, new influence, can be good for any kind of music. Billboard responding to the backlash by saying their decision to take the song off the country chart had absolutely nothing to do with the race of the artist. Yeah! to tell me
1: rings and fendi sports bras riding down rodeo in
5: my maserati sports car god no stress i've been
0: The does-